Welcome to this episode of Through the Educational Looking Glass. I am one of your hosts, Courtney Edelman. And I'm your other host, Don Sturm. We're both in coaching roles in Morton Unit School District 709 in Central Illinois. Thanks for joining us as we try to gain clarity on the variety of topics concerning teachers today. Let's take a closer look at today's topic. Hey, Don and Courtney, this is Andy. I was a huge fan of the Observe Me movement whenever I was an ed tech coach and love to see things like that where we're getting peer feedback and not being afraid to open the doors of our classroom, um, especially in the environment we're in right now. I did your talk about ghost walks did make me think about my time as a football and basketball coach. And when you would walk into an empty arena or an empty football field or locker room and you either got the sense this is a place where people put in a lot of work, this is a place where people have a lot of success, or this is really uninspiring and I can see why they're not successful here. I know that applies to the classroom as well. So um, y'all just made me think of that and I wanted to add that. Great podcast, guys. Today's topic is looking at the complexity of vulnerability. Uh, so we let Andy start this off. That was a little different. We did our uh, reaction to our last podcast here. Uh, we appreciate his feedback. Um, Andy is a, uh, he actually works for a company called Swivel now, um, have made connections with him on Twitter. He was a classroom teacher, football coach, and then a tech coach. So um, we appreciate his feedback uh, on ghost walks, but what does this have to do with vulnerability? I'm glad you asked. Uh, we were thinking about this and the connection being that you have to be vulnerable to let someone into your space, right? And so through something like Observe Me, through a ghost walk, it takes a bit of um, openness and uh, again, vulnerability because people might walk away feeling like, you know, in his words, you are, your space cultivates success. Or, you know, you would hate to, I think all of I us know. would hate to, to think about someone leaving our, um, our, our spaces feeling like, well, that was uninspiring. Yeah. And it was interesting how that comment about the last one, because we debated about whether to include that at the end, but it really fit as that um, lead in. And then it starts to make you think about that idea of judgment and what leads us to make judgments about others. And then that's that vulnerability thing. Um, we heard, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but we heard uh, from a teacher in our district that point blank said, I don't want to be judged. Like, I don't want to be judged. And it made me think about a couple of months ago, I, I don't even know what was going through my head at the time. I put this graphic on Twitter that I called. So if you can visualize, uh, it's like a circular uh, graphic and it says judgment cycle. And it really doesn't matter where you jump into it at. So if you say people judge and then you then everyone's and you realize that everybody's fighting a battle people don't share their battle for fear of being judged and people don't gain an understanding or empathy for the experience of others and so then people judge and i thought that was kind of that nice um kind of lead in to this um episode as always, we want to hear from you. This this podcast is supposed to be grounded in what's going on in our district and you know what's relevant to our teachers. Um, and so we did send out a, a survey. Um, thanks to those of you who responded to it. And uh, for the purposes of that survey, we define vulnerability as someone who takes risks, 
shares stories that reflect who they are personally, and is able to feel comfortable in situations in which uncertainty exists. Yeah, and just quickly, a side note, we got a lot of good stuff that I think we can use for other episodes as kind of that uh, that trail to kind of follow a little bit. And we, we had quite a few people respond as well. Uh, we're currently doing a book study on Atlas of the Heart. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, written by Brene Brown. And she's one that if you type in vulnerability in Google, Brene Brown is going to appear toward the top. And we didn't really realize that we were using her definition or it was very similar to the definition that she provides um, for vulnerability. But we thought we'd add a couple of quotes here specifically from Atlas of the Heart. Um, There's no courage without vulnerability. Courage requires the willingness to lean into uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And another quote from Brene Brown says, vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. And so I think that's where, you know, that title, the complexity of vulnerability kind of comes in. You have all of these different um, factors that go along with it. To be vulnerable, it might feel like it's exposing yourself. It might feel like a weakness, but actually, you know, she would argue that that's the most courageous thing you can do is to be vulnerable. Yeah, and so we're going to kind of talk about, um, we're going to divide this up into really two areas, general observation or observations about vulnerability with students and then vulnerability with colleagues. And that's how we, for those people who didn't take the survey um, or are listening and aren't in our district, uh, we basically did a Likert scale of how comfortable are you being vulnerable with students? How comfortable are you being vulnerable with um, colleagues? And so as we look at general observations, um, it seemed that with students, believe that, or I'm sorry, the teachers believe that you need to be vulnerable with students to help build relationships and that, that those relationships, and I think, I can't imagine that there, there are people out there saying no relationships with students don't matter. Right, I mean, that was a pretty I, universal response yeah. um, from the, the feedback that we got. Um, so there wasn't a lot of complexity or difference to that. Uh, a quote that comes from that says, uh, and this is a response from a, a, a teacher who responded in our district, uh, I can tell them, talking about students, when my plans failed, how I struggle with spelling, how I can't focus because I didn't sleep well, how I struggle to remember things. I think it's appropriate to apologize when I make a mistake. In this way, I can model how to handle bad feelings or failures. And we've had discussions in our district even very recently mm -hmm. about this idea of helping students to navigate the world around them. And I think, again, we'd probably all agree that in a classroom, we're not just teaching our subject matter. We're not just teaching academics, but we really are modeling how to navigate a complex world. And so um, I, I thought this quote illustrated that well, that by being vulnerable in a classroom, you are modeling you know, how you deal with, with the world around you, how you deal with, in this case specifically, bad feelings or failures. Yeah, and you know, I think the question always comes up, well, how vulnerable can I be with students? And I would say that that is this sliding scale of how comfortable you are with the concept of vulnerability, what age level your mm -hmm. students are. I mean, I don't think anybody's suggesting you need to just lay out everything in your world that's going on. Um, 
No, but you know, I also think that it is a bit of an antiquated notion that we leave our personality and we leave our personal lives at the door. Um, that's difficult to do sometimes. So it, some people were concerned that, well, you can't just tell everything to students. And we're certainly not suggesting that, you know, you don't have some sort of filter in place. Um, but I think that idea that we are humans who bring our lives with us into that classroom. And there are times where it's appropriate to share and probably really valuable to share what's going on with our students. Well, and I can remember, you know, when I was in the classroom, like people would say, well, you don't want to be friends with the students. And I think that's also a delineation. Like we're not talking about, I mean, we're talking about building relationships. You can have relationships with all kinds of people that you aren't friends with. I mean, we could debate that concept of friends, but I think there are probably still some teachers who might think that being too vulnerable brings us too close to a friendship. And that's, you know, one of those things that you do have to, uh, to navigate. It was some of that complexity from our survey results entered into the difference with how uh, respondents felt about vulnerability with colleagues versus vulnerability with their students. And it was really interesting. Overall, uh, people said that it was harder to be vulnerable with colleagues than with their own students. Yeah. And this one, there were a lot of quotes on this, but this one particular quote, um, Again, quote from a teacher, I'm not particularly comfortable being vulnerable with adults, and your question kind of stopped me dead in my tracks. Why is it so easy to be vulnerable with the tiny people in my classroom, but not colleagues? Is it because adults are generally terrible and kids are generally awesome? Excuse me while I go soul search for a while. And we both kind of stopped in our tracks when we read that. Yeah, and... I, I don't know. I think, again, you know, some of us might not characterize the, the people in our classroom as tiny people. So, you know, that could come into play uh, with vulnerability or ability to be vulnerable with students versus uh, colleagues. But also there seems to be something here about how we view ourselves and the more confidence that we have in our role as teachers sometimes translates into vulnerability, um, but not in all cases. I think we also saw some comments that um, characterized some departments or grade levels as having a stronger culture of vulnerability. Yeah, and that idea of, you know, like how do they, it brings up that question, like how do they do that? Is that something that they've cultivated over time? Is it something that they didn't even think, like I don't know if they, it'd be interesting to find out, did they sit down and say, let's talk about being vulnerable? My guess would be no, they just built this rapport with each other. Um, and it seems to be something that as new people come into those spaces, um, they immediately are kind of acclimated into. Uh, we didn't, this was an anonymous survey. We didn't care, you know, connect it to particular buildings, but we also wondered if this would be true for buildings within our district. Are some just, you know, is there a climate of vulnerability that is stronger in some than others? Yeah, we also found, and again, these are just kind of general comments that new teachers seem to be less likely to be vulnerable. And then that brings up the question for us, shouldn't like isn't this where we get the new ideas approaches approaches renewed excitement for what we do as teachers and that craft of teaching but then you wonder okay why are like to me that's the one that's not surprising to me yeah it's unfortunate but it's not surprising new teachers um would probably feel less likely to be vulnerable 
whether it's from an evaluation standpoint, they don't want to appear that they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, you know, all kinds of reasons I think could be there. And they certainly need the experience and the expertise of veteran teachers. But I think the combination of the two was probably really where you get the most strength and the most excitement in our roles. Yeah. Um, we did have a lot who did not add comments. And so uh, that does limit our understanding of where they were coming from. I think it's interesting that was it just time and they, they wanted to at least give us some background or were they worried about being vulnerable? Um, and again, it was anonymous. We don't know who said it. You know, and there were also uh, many who stated that they're very easy. It's very easy for them to be vulnerable with a small group of close colleagues who they've developed a friendship over time, but that doesn't extend across the board to other colleagues within their buildings. Yeah. And so again, it's that idea of we're going to, we're going to close here in a second with those reflection questions, but kind of as a lead into that, um, are we being vulnerable if we're only sharing with our closest friends in the buildings or our department or small collaborative groups? I think that's an interesting question. Like to be truly vulnerable, um, maybe you want to try to go out a little bit beyond that group that you're just most comfortable with. As Don said, we always want to leave uh, you with some reflection questions um, and ways for you to connect this topic to your own life. Uh, the first one, particularly for administrators, we want to ask administrators, how do you create a culture within your workspaces that promote vulnerability? And for everyone, are you a person who others can be vulnerable with? And thinking of your building, your department, your grade level, how open are you to others being vulnerable? And then our last one, what's one area of growth that would be possible for you if you allowed yourself to be vulnerable? One of our main goals of this podcast is to create meaningful connections. If you'd like to share your responses to the questions, we'd love to listen. This can be done through the Google form that we have linked through the public site on Anchor or through Anchor's voice response option. Additionally, consider sharing your thoughts with a colleague or an instructional coach to open up meaningful dialogue.